Well, good morning. Good morning to all of you. I hope everyone is doing well, both in this room and over in the worship center as we uh, join together for the preaching of the word this morning. And uh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful series as we've gone through. Uh, Everybody serves one of our seven values as a church where we really, really have a heart for every single person in the body of Christ to be engaged in serving and engaged in committing to the life of this body. As I look over this group here, and as I think about you in the other room, and even at the first service, my heart longs for you to be engaged. My heart longs for you to be active. My heart longs for you to be a part of growing other uh growing people up in Christ and just experiencing incredible joy and fulfillment that comes when you use what God has given you. And that is the longing of my heart. And so it's been a wonderful series. We're going to learn a little bit more about the tools God has given us today in this series that we're calling Everybody Serves. And here's what I want you to do as we begin this morning. I want you to think back to a time where you were at a state fair or a county fair. All right, you got it? You got in your mind when you were at the state fair or the county fair. And that is where we were as a family this past uh, Thursday and Friday. Actually, uh, on Friday, we spent the day at the fair down uh, up in North Carolina. Uh, when Sheree and I were in seminary, we used to double date with a couple and we would sneak off to the fair with this other couple. But now we're bringing our kids with us to the, to, to this incredible, uh, food fest, game fest, ride fest called the North Carolina state fair. Now, when you come to the state fair, at least in Raleigh, here is what you are, uh, in, here, here's what you want to see, or here's what you want to do. Number one, um, you want to ride the rides. Now, maybe that's not true for some of you, okay? When you see some of those rides, you have to wonder, okay, is it safe to be on this ride or not, right? Your prayer life goes up as you and your kids kind of get on this, and you're thinking, are we going to make it? All right, so your prayer life goes up, so you want to be entertained a little bit. Those games, do do you like playing those games? Do Do you like spending $5 to get one shot on a rigged game? Do you like that? That's what it's become, Right? But they're always fun to, to play those, those games. You got the one where uh, you shoot. The kids played one where you take, uh, you, you shoot the water out of the little gun and it hits that little target right there and, and that little animal goes up and then the bell rings, right? All right so you have all these, so, so you get to show off your, your, your skills a little bit and you know, you have these animals. Some of them are just ridiculous, the size of these animals. I mean, these people are walking around. I remember this one guy, I think it was a bear and the bear was bigger than him. How can you walk around the fair? And, and what you're saying, if you're one of those people, what you're saying is this, I got skills and you don't, right? When you're carrying around that big old bear. All right, so you got rides, you got games, and you got the food. All right, so the food. This is why we come to the state fair is the food. Now, my favorite this past uh, Friday was the roasted corn. They put the go- corn on this on the grill and they butter it up and they put it in the corn stock. You open it up, put a little, put a little uh, salt, little lemon pepper on the thing. It was unbelievably good. And there's so many wonderful things to eat at the fair. I mean, you've got the you got the standards, right? You, you, you got the corn dogs, you got the funnel cakes, you got you got the standards. But then I came as we're walking through and we're seeing all this stuff. I came to this one sign and, and I took a picture of it. I didn't send it to the guys, but um, I took a picture of this sign and it was absolutely, um, I don't know the word for it to describe it actually. And it had, it listed all of the things that they fried at this particular place. Okay. 
And, and so here are some of the things that they, they fried. They, they took um, a Reese's peanut butter cup and they wrapped it in bacon and then they deep fry it. You like that? That's just nasty. All right, so um, then it gets worse. Then here, here was one. I've never heard of this combination before. A Twinkie. I have, it, I have the picture if, if you don't believe me. A Twinkie, a Twix, and bacon wrapped together, and then they fry it. How do you like that? They had one. Um, they had a Krispy Kreme. Uh, they had a burger with Krispy Kreme donuts as the bun. Can you believe that? All right. And, and, oh, and then a Klondike bar. Why in the world would you want to deep fry a Klondike bar? I have no earthly idea. And on and on it went. And, and so um, instantly, um, you would be a millionaire if you had GasX waiting right there on the side of, um, of this billboard. You could, you could make a fortune. So um, here's what happens in the fair, though. You come in and you want to be entertained and you want to show off some of your skills and you want to consume right? And if we're not careful, this is what can happen in the church. We can come in, want to be entertained a little bit, want to show off little skills that we might have. And, oh, we, we want to kind of consume a little bit. And, and this is why it's so easy for many, many people to wander in and to wander off. It's not the only reason, but it's one reason. And what I love about the series, here's what the series has enabled us to do, is to come to a place where we recognize something. And I hope you've recognized this so far, that God has made the body of Christ in such a way where every individual has a part to play to make it healthy and strong. And if you aren't playing a part in the body of Christ, then we're not as strong and as healthy as we should be. And God has created the body of Christ, the church, the local church, in such a way where we are different, where we have different, as we saw last week, different gifts and activities and services, and we, we're from different generations, and we different, have different mindsets about, about how, how we would create the church, but God is the one who builds the church and designs it in such a way where he wants our hearts and our spirit, and this is where we saw in week one, the mind and heart of Christ. He wants the, the spirit to be one of serving and sacrifice so that as we come together in the body of Christ, it functions and it builds people up in Jesus. And, and it takes boys and girls and men and women, and it makes them look more and more like Jesus so that together as we grow up like Jesus, we can reach the world for Jesus. That's the goal. The goal is simply not to come to a place and fulfill a duty. I brought the kids with me to church this morning and we were running late. We were scrambling. We were trying to, to get on board and we get in the car and it was just one big sigh. Have you ever done that? You get in here and you're just like, okay, we made it. And we start driving. And I said to the kids, um, why do we do this? You know, do, do you, let's pray. Let, let's pray. And, and just, and I want you to know, I, I want the kids to know, I want my heart to know, I want you to know, why do we do this? so that people can grow up and look like Jesus. Their lives can be changed and they can and be, be agents of transformation as you walk out of here, as you go into the world this week. And, and, and so fulfilling the mission of the church is dependent upon every single individual saying, whatever God you have for me to do, I'll do. Now, this is where we come 
to our text today. First Corinthians chapter 11. Here is where, or I'm sorry, 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. Here is where we come to Paul, uh, the apostle Paul, missionary church planner, addressing the church when it comes to their part in the body of Christ. And, and what we want to talk about today is this. First Corinthians chapter uh, 12. We want to take a paragraph that talks about spiritual gifts. Now we're going to define them in just a little bit. But here are, um, here's what's happening in, in, in Corinthians to this point, all right? People have said in this church at Corinth, uh, and they have all kinds of problems. They, they have all kinds of issues. They got divisions in the church. They got worship problems. They got, they got all kinds of issues going on. But he, here's one issue that Paul wants to deal with in chapters 11, 12, 13, and 14. We can't look at it all, but we're just going to take a paragraph in 12. But I, I want to give you the context, all right? What is happening is that people in the church at Corinth uh, are, are taking this one of the spiritual gifts or one of the abilities that people have, and they're elevating this gift, and they want this ability, and they want the attention that comes with it. It's probably one of the speaking gifts. It could be speaking in, in tongues. It could be prophesying in some way. It could be teaching. But there is this value put on this one particular gift, and it, and it was the attention getter of the church. And so people wanted that gift more than the other gifts. So the work's not getting done. And secondly, as people are elevated, other people are just kind of sitting back and watching. And it's causing all kinds of problems. Paul says, listen, let me, let me walk you through 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, 14. Let me walk you through the issues here. And so we want to take a paragraph out of that and understand how God has designed you and how God has designed his church and your role in using what God has gifted you in to be of benefit to the church. All right, so let's read. With that uh, set up, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, he says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone, in everyone. Verse 7, to each, let me emphasize that, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between the Spirit's to another various kinds of tongues, to, to another the interpretation of those tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. To each one individually as he wills. All right, thought number one this morning coming right out of our text is this, that every believer has received a gift especially designed and delivered by God. Every believer has received a gift especially designed and delivered by God. Here's the amazing news, all right? If you're a follower of Jesus, here's some amazing news, all right? Do you realize this? And Paul points this out to the church uh, earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says this, do you know, don't you know, 
that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, which is in you, and you are not your, your own. You don't belong to yourself, but rather, but rather you now belong to God. You are not your own. For you, he says, have been bought with a price. So therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Here's what he's saying. Amazing truth. Number one this morning is that the Holy Spirit resides in you if you're a follower of Jesus. If you have trusted Christ, you have believed in the death and in the burial and in the resurrection of Jesus. You believe that Jesus is Lord. You have opened up your heart and you are now following him. Here is the amazing truth that in you resides the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. This always blows me away whenever I think about it. To think that I am walking around in this body, in this, in this temple, he says. The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Spirit residing in me. Now, doesn't that change how I respond to God? Doesn't that change how I respond to my wife? Doesn't that change how I respond to my children? Doesn't it change how I respond to you? Because the Holy Spirit's inside of me, the presence of God inside of me. An amazing gift. Jesus said to his followers, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he will indwell you, he told them. All right? Here's the amazing truth about the Holy Spirit, though, that even continues this, this thought of him indwelling us, and that is that he has gifted you with something to do that will bring great glory to God and will build up the church. The Holy Spirit, as we just read in verse 6 and 7 and verse 11, God has come to every follower of Jesus and said, you have a spiritual gift. Now, here's a definition of a spiritual gift. If you're taking notes, I'll, I'll go really, really slow, and it's really simple. And this comes from my systematic professor in seminary. And I love Dr. Hammond. I love what he wrote on spiritual gifts. Here's what it says. Here's how he defines a spiritual gift. It is an ability to minister that reveals the Spirit's work in and through the believer, all right? It's an ability, it is an ability to minister that reveals the Spirit's work in you and through you. We read some of the, the spiritual gifts that Paul categorizes or that Paul lists there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those aren't all the spiritual gifts. There's more found in Romans chapter 12, there's other gifts listed there. There's more found in Ephesians chapter 4. So the scriptures only list 20 or so gifts, these abilities that are categorized out. But here's what I believe. I believe that there's many, many more that aren't listed. And I think there are things that, that God does within a believer, abilities that God gives you that when you are empowered by the Spirit of God, they might fall within a category, say, for instance, of, of encouragement or of leadership or of serving or of hospitality or of teaching or of shepherding. There's any number of things and abilities that you could do that could fit under these broad categories. But here's what I want you to understand, and here's a truth that I don't think many, many believers really fully comprehend, that if you have trusted Christ and opened your heart to him, and I hope you have, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, for by grace are you saved through faith. Have you been saved by expressing faith in Christ? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. This salvation isn't from you, but it is a gift of God, not of anything that you can do, lest you should brag about being saved on your own. 
verse 8, but then he comes to verse 9. For we are his workmanship. Great word. We are his painting. That he's beautifully painting together. We are his incredible design that he is, is making and shaping. We are as if God is this master craftsman and he's taking you and he's, he's not only created you, but now he's recreated you spiritually. Verse eight, so that verse nine, we are his workmanship created to do good works that God from the very beginning has prepared for us. So here's what I want you to comprehend, believer. All right. If you if you are a follower of Jesus, here's what I want you to comprehend. From the very beginning, God has his sights set on you and has designed you with an ability, with a spiritual gift that when you are converted, you step over from from death into life and you become a follower of Jesus. Now the presence of God is in you. It's powerful. And now the gift of the Holy Spirit is in you. Something he's designed from the very beginning is something that he's created you to do to build up the body of Christ. Amazing. And, and so in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, the spirit gives to everyone as he wills. And so he, here's where we have to be careful when it comes to our spiritual gifts or abilities that God has given us to do, that we look at it from our viewpoint. What is what, what am I fit for? What can I do? And those are wonderful questions, but really we need to begin with something else. What have you, Holy Spirit, done in me? What is your design for me? How have you fitted me from the beginning of creation? An amazing thought. And so every believer has received this gift. And it's something that God specifically has for you. Just think of the potential in this room if you were to employ your gift. Which brings us to the second point. Let's move on. Every believer has received a gift to employ, not simply to enjoy it. This is oftentimes what we think of our spiritual gift. It's something that, like a trophy, we just kind of put up there and say, well, God has gifted me or God has designed me and God has put this in place in my life and it kind of sits there. And we, we kind of know it's there. It's kind of like an old trophy. Our kids, some, uh, both of our, our kids have some of these trophies they've had for a long, long time just sitting there. And it's, it's kind of, it represents something that is incredibly valuable to them, but it's distant and it just kind of sits there. And God desires for you not simply to enjoy how God has gifted you, but to employ it for the service of the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12. If you have a second, just turn over there. It's one book over, Romans chapter 12. And I want to read you this, not only so that you understand the plea to use these gifts, but I want you to also understand how that, uh, I want you to see a, a further listing of these gifts so that you can get a flavor for how God has gifted maybe some of you. Here's what it says, Romans chapter 12, verse three. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches 
in his teaching, the one who exhorts or encourages in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I love reading those lists of gifts because so many of you have them. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, so many of you have these gifts. But either you're unaware of them or you're just not putting them to good use. So here, here, let me give you three things before we close. Three characteristics of these gifts when they are used, all right? Letter A, it's going to be sacrificial. It's going to be sacrificial. These gifts, when we employ them, it's going to, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something because it costs Jesus something. And this is why we began with the Lord's Supper at the beginning of our sermon series. It cost Jesus something to serve us. It wasn't convenient for Jesus to go to the cross. It meant that he had to release control of his life to go to the cross. It meant that he was going to be looked upon differently. His reputation as a Messiah or as a Savior or a, as a, a teacher, he's going to flip that upside down and he is be, he's going to become a slave. And so as we see the mind and the heart of Jesus, we, we have to take that mind and we have to take that heart and we come to our gifts and recognizing that it is going to cost us something to serve other people. First Peter, first Peter says this, first Peter chapter four, verses seven through 11. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Listen, listen to the mindset of using gifts. Okay. Here's what he says. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Peter says, listen, he's working up to the gifts. He says, I'll be sober minded. All right. Keep, Keep control. Um, Love one another earnestly. Keep doing it when it's hard because love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Open your lives to one another without complaining about it. And then he says this, and as each one of you has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, speak as if you are speaking the oracles of God. Whoever serves, serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's what Peter's saying. Here's what Jesus is saying. Your gift is something that will cost. To serve others, it will cost. But do it as Christ has served you. Sacrificial. Secondly, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. Your gift that God has given you, this ability to minister, and it shows the Spirit's work in you and through you. Remember our definition? It's supernatural. It's not necessarily a talent or a skill. We, we would watch this show, and um, every single week we were hooked on it. This show where um, uh, people would come and they would uh, do some act, or it was magic, or it was music, or um, it, it dance, or it, it, was, it would get kind of crazy. It's called America's Got Talent. Do you ever see that show? And every, we got hooked on this thing because we kind of had our favorites and we'd watch them from week to week. And, and, and you would hear those, those um, you would hear Simon and, and, and those um, guests that were there that, that were judging. You'd hear them talk about America's got a 
man, this is the most talented group we've ever seen. And, and here, here's what I want you to understand, that, that you might have talent. We, we, we could say Taylor's has talent, right? We could say that. But here's the difference. It might not necessarily be a gift because a gift is something that is supernaturally activated by the Spirit of God, where, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, people see a manifestation or they see a display of the Spirit of God as you use that gift. People look at you and say, hey, they might be talented and they might be skilled in one particular area, but I will say this about them. As they are using this gift, as they are teaching, as they are shepherding, as they are serving, as they are, are using the gift of hospitality, as they open up the church and they open up their lives to other people as they as they are patiently loving and leading children that's a particular gift it is ignited it is quickened by the holy spirit so while god might make people who are very very talented and gifted in life simply by his common grace they come out of the womb and they can play music they come out of the womb and they can make money they come out of the womb and they can lead people they come out of the womb and they have any number of gifts and abilities and you look at them and say that guy that gal is particularly talented in that area that might not be their spiritual gift it could be and here's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes a rebirth of a person. Just as you come out of the womb, you have particular gifts and skills. But when you are born again and the Spirit of God indwells you, he could perhaps open up that skill and talent in a supernatural way. He could cause that talent and that skill to just spring forward in a new way. God might not uh, waste that gift at all. In fact, he has probably given it to open up and spring forward into the church. But here's the point, that as we serve and as we give and as we teach and as we shepherd and all of the things that we do when it comes to building up the ministry and building up the body of Christ in our worship and in our life groups and in our groups, as we build up the body of Christ to engage the world, people ought to look at that gift and say, not, oh, what a talented person they are, but, oh, how I see the Spirit of God working in you as you use that gift. It's not to puff people up. But it's simply to recognize, oh, that is where you are supposed to be. And we know it. We know it. Supernatural. Here's the third thing. Tracks along with that. How, how do we know we're employing the gift that God has given us? You're fruitful. You're fruitful. There, there, there's effect on ministry. There's effect on people. The body affirms that. And not only effective in ministry, but you're fruitful in your own life. If you're operating in the flesh, if you're operating in a way where you're just serving and you're just doing it to do it, it's going to show. And in your life, you, you, you might not be fulfilled. But when you're operating by the Spirit and you're using that gift in the Spirit, you're not only effective in ministry, people are not only being changed, you're not only having impact on people, but in your own life, you're feeling this sense of completion and fulfillment, and you are in alignment with how God created you. He, he saved you, and he put you in a body, and he said, here, here's where you fit. 
and you know it. You know it. So three questions in closing. Three questions in closing. Number one, have you discovered what your gift is? Do you know? That's why we have in the Welcome Center area as you walk out, we we have spiritual surveys, and we do that to help you with this question. Do you know what your gift is? Do you know what your ability? You might have more than one. You might have two. You might have three. God might use one one particular stage of life. You might use another at a particular season in, in your walk with him. Do, but do you know, if, if I were to stop you and say, what is your spiritual gift, what would you say? Do, do you know? We want to help you. That's what these surveys are for. Fill out that survey. Tear off the back. Bring it back. Drop it in the baskets that are out there in the Welcome Center. And we, we want to get back with you and help you connect with the body. Here's the second thing. Is the body of Christ affirming that gift? Are you, as you use that, are you hearing people say that's it? That that, that is the place. Do you know what your gift is? But then as you employ that gift, are people saying, hey, we, affer- we see that in you. Ask people. Hey, ask your small group. Ask your, your life group. Ask those guys that you're in Bible study with. Hey, listen, pastor's talking about the gifts, and, and I'm really kind of on the sideline here. I'm, re- I'm really not doing, I'm just kind of coming. I'm just kind of attending. Hey, what, what do you guys see in me? Which leads to the third question. You can't have the body affirm the gift unless you are cultivating it. Are you cultivating the gift? Is it growing? When people come to me and they say, hey, I'm thinking about ministry. I'm thinking about going overseas. I'm thinking about preaching. I'm thinking about teaching. I'm thinking about seminary. Here's the number one question or one of the top questions I'll ask in return. Has the body, is the body affirming the gift that you're using? And if the answer is, well, I'm not really doing anything, then my question would be, are you really called to ministry or is this just something from the distant past? It could be. It could be. Um, Are you cultivating this gift? Are you using it? And we want to help you do that. Next week, um, as you come in, there will be uh, a ministry fair that will be set up. And, and, and these are ways for you as we walk through the series. We've seen the mind and heart of Christ. We've seen principles for the body last week, what it means for us. And now this week, God has equipped you with an ability. Now, here's what we want to do next week, all right? We want you to find your place. I want you to go home this week, and I want you to begin asking those questions about how has God designed me and shaped me? How has the body affirmed this? And then I want you to, to next week come in with an open mind and an open heart and to say, could God be using me here? God, could, could you be calling me into this particular ministry of the body of Christ? Could you be calling me to step out and to do something I've never done or maybe to do something that I've set down a long time ago? Or I'm doing something now, and you know what? I, I, I just feel that, that God is leading me in a different direction. God's pushing me this way, or, or God is pulling me in, in this way. We want you to come and be open-hearted about what God could do through you. We want to give you those opportunities. Hey, this Wednesday, let me mention this as, as we begin to close up. This Wednesday, I was so encouraged a few weeks ago when 80, 80 of you came forward and said, you know what, God, and, and I, I, I made the plea, if, you're, if you feel that God has gifted you, that God has given you an ability by the Holy Spirit to lead or to teach 
or to, to shepherd individuals, we want you to come and, and hear about how that we can begin in January of 17 forming discipleship groups, three to five men together, three to five women together. And so we had 80 people come just to listen, just to hear. Maybe some of you missed that. Hey, we're meeting this Wednesday night. We, we just, we're meeting this Wednesday night at 7.30. We just want you to come. And we want you to be engaged. We want you to help disciple and engage other people. This could be a new chapter, a new season for some of you. This Wednesday night, next Sunday, next Wednesday night, all of these activity, all of these opportunities are available. Not so that you can say, well, I've got something else to do. Wrong attitude. <laughs> Leave that at home, right? Instead, come with God, the Holy Spirit from the beginning of time has designed me and given me an ability to serve this body. God, what is it? You come next week and you open up your heart and you see what God can do. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time as we've talked about over three weeks, your amazing church. And so we pray now and we seek you now to give us wisdom and direction. We don't have um, in our lives, we, we don't have it all figured out. Lord, we struggle as we come this morning, as we sing and we declare. Some of us, um, Father, we, we don't have everything all figured out and tidied up. And if truth be told, there are people here who are struggling and are on the edges or on the margins. And so, Father, I pray for them now that they would see this message as one of encouragement to contribute to the body, as one that you have a place here. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all put together. You just have to have the heart and mind of Christ, which says, use me for the good of other people. And Lord, I pray for, for those that, Father, are serving so faithfully. They're such an incredible group of servants here. And Lord, I, I commend them to you. And I say, Father, look at them as they serve. And Father, would you continue to bless them? But Father, for some, this could be a new season, a new way to open up, a new challenge and a new door to serving. And Father, keep in front of us what Jesus kept in front of us, the cross. And the glory that would come after he did what you asked him to do. And the glory that would come when sinners would be saved and lives would be transformed. Keep that in front of us. The cross and the empty tomb and the power of the Spirit to transform people like us. Father, may we follow Christ. May we follow him as he served. We pray this prayer. Jesus' name.